So, uh, Paul, thank you for joining me on the uh, Founders Predicament podcast. Absolutely. Great. And Thanks for having me. Of course. And so uh, my name's Ray Shah. I'm hosting the Founders Predicament. And uh, I have with me Paul De, De, De Caesar. De Caesar. Okay, Paul De Caesar. Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a Air Force veteran and an entrepreneur, and he's familiar with blockchain and familiar with real estate, and so that's where his focus currently lies. So, Paul, uh, tell me about how you got to where you are now, and tell me about you know your career you know, up, up to now. Sure. Um, yeah. So going back, you know, I've been in the industry almost 20 years as far as real estate. Um, you know, I, I started off really in, in, I mean, when I got out of the Air Force in, in mortgage origination, um, and then when that, that industry kind of, you know, did what it did, um, I, I got more into the sort of retail side of, 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 of uh, real estate, just being a real estate agent. Um, so, so hold on, let me stop you there for a second. Yep. So you got into the mortgage industry in 2004. Everybody Correct. knows what happened in 2008. Correct. So what happened from a personal perspective from someone who was giving out mortgages, what uh, you know, issuing mortgages, what happened from your personal well, I mean, I you know, I saw the writing on the wall going back really probably you know, two years prior to that. I mean, I, I, I don't have I don't have a sort of traditional finance background, but you know, I was smart enough to know, you know, if you're overinflating mortgages and giving them to people that can't really afford them, you know, what what's going to happen. And I was seeing this in real time. Um, you know, I, I was never interested in, you know, um, I, I consider myself a, you know, a pretty moral person. I was never interested in, you know, giving a fixed rate mortgage to a, you know, 90 year old woman. Um, so, you know, I, I really was, I was very disillusioned with the industry in general, but it, it was a good source of income, especially when you're, you know, 25 years old. Um, so I, I always sort of was, I, I wanted to get out of the industry, um, you know, fairly quickly, even before the sort of bubble burst uh, or popped. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I wanted to get out of that. And, and once I things started really falling apart, um, you know, I, I, I had some money saved up. It wasn't like a ton of money, but I, I had was able to sort of um, look at different options. And I'd always been sort of uh, interested in, um, you know, in in software and you know internet and and, and just i mean it, there was no prop tech per se back then um you know there was really very little sort of SaaS software software as a service that you kind of start on your own there was none of this sort of you know you could just build it quickly or anything like that it was very challenging so um you know i just kind of learned through my own sort of you know processes and figuring it out and figure out what works and what doesn't and um i just had launched like a couple little things here and there like um, sort of home evaluation for, you know, green assessment, that sort of thing, just some little things just to kind of get my feet wet in that, in that industry, um, or in, in, in the sort of, um, you know, um, SaaS sort of world, software as a service world. So that sort of springboarded me into getting more into prop tech and, and just kind of developing other, other companies as, as, you know, as the years went on. Okay. Right. Excuse me. So prop, prop tech, property technology, um, you, you had a, an early startup um, in that space. Would you care to tell me about that? So the first company I owned um, that I sort of started off the ground, and I, again, I wasn't, I, I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, it was a, it was a company, gosh, what was the name of it? It was, um, it was called like clear green or something like that. I mean, this is years ago. This is like in 2006 
And essentially what I did is I built this whole like model for real estate agents to go into properties um, and um, sort of go through this sort of checklist process and sort of analyze the property to give them sort of a what's like a lead score lead um, meaning like building have 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 lead scores but it was it was it was a proprietary score scoring system for residential properties I mean, it wasn't really based on anything scientific it was just kind of like you know what how what's the age of their windows what's the age of their doors you know that sort of thing so we built i and i had a, a guy i was working with at the time this is years ago in atlanta and we um sort of built out this this product and you know we would we would essentially um you know um sell not sell it but have real estate agents pay us you know 10 bucks a month or something like that to use it and then they could attach this green report that would spit out to sort of help attract um to the property that they were trying to sell that that was sort of the business model okay that's interesting and then later on you had an uh like a precursor to airbnb well, no. So, uh, so back in 2000, so in, in 2011, we were, I, I left it. Well, we, we moved to New York city. I moved to Brooklyn. Um, and I was, you know, at that point I was just kind of working as a real estate agent and just, you know, like renting or selling, pro selling apartments, renting, sell, you know, renting apartments, that sort of thing. Um, worked for a, a number of companies there. Um, but I was always kind of, you know, think, think about what's next. Um, so what I had done is I started a uh, Airbnb property management uh, company. So essentially what we would do is um, we would work with either individual um, like owners of the building or they would be renters or, or they would own the property and we would manage that property for them. So we would do things like key check-ins or check-ins, key handoffs. Um, we would clean the apartments. We would do linens, uh, you know, new towels, new sheets, that sort of thing. So we, on the tech side of that, we had built this whole sort of infrastructure system because it's actually, it's, it's very, very complex to actually do this stuff. Um, because, you know, New York obviously isn't like living out in the suburbs where everyone has a car. Um so you have there's a there's a just there's a lot of like microtransactions that you have to figure out when people are landing. You know you have to court. You have a lot of people coming from from international. Um, and and at that point, um, Airbnb never had an API, and I don't even know if they do now. So in other words, you, you couldn't plug into their system even if you had the user's login, the host login. You still couldn't really coordinate um, with it. So we had to build this whole like proprietary system to kind of like essentially like sniff out when they were coming and, and calendar, you know, there was just a lot of data that we had to kind of figure out and then coordinate it. So it was, it was a fairly sophisticated system that, um, you know, that we sort of had to just, you know, bootstrap, you know, just kind of figure out on our own. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was, that's essentially what we were doing in New York. So it was, it came about after Airbnb or? Well, no, it was, it was, in, it was with, I mean, it, it it was a service provider for Airbnb hosts. So it was, oh, okay. this was sort of early days for Airbnb. I mean, this was like, you know, 2000. I mean, Airbnb was still a fairly big company at that point, but they weren't nothing what they are today. You know, I mean, they were, you know, tiny. I mean, people had still um, hadn't, had barely anyone had heard of Airbnb back in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. Okay. So now your, your current endeavor is, sky vls correct um so, but before we get into sky vls let's go back look just just look back for a minute at the previous it sounds like you had two or three startups before sky vls so what would you do differently if you were starting again now say 
pick any one of those and, and tell me what you would do differently. So um, back in like 2017, well, no, no, I'm sorry. It was a little bit, it was a little bit after that. So we were, um, I, we were, I was really intrigued. This is actually in like 2018. Um, sorry, COVID just like, you know, blew everything up and I, I have no sense of like time anymore. Um, so like, so 2018, so we, um, I, I was, I, so I, I had a company um, called, called Block, Blockstay. Um, and essentially what it was is um, it was, it was fractionalized real estate sort of in a, in a, in a, in a tokenized way and which sounds complex, but essentially what, what we could do was go, go into buildings, break that, break that building up into sort of tokenized pieces. And then we could sell those off. That was what we were attempting to do. So we had the whole ICO thing, you know, initial coin offering. We, we went down that whole path. Um, and this was actually sprung out of a, of a, of a, a, a different kind of company where it was very similar, just not using the sort of um, tokenized property. It was more of a traditional, um, you know, fractionalized property um, uh, when product. You say, when you say fractionalized, you don't mean timeshare, I take it. No, no, no. So, so timeshare is, uh, it, it, it's a, it's it, from, from the outside perspective, it looks fairly similar, but, but it's, it's much different because, you know, you, you're much more locked in and, and you're, um, it's much more difficult to sell. And it, it's, it's a whole different thing. It's very, very, it's old school for, for lack of a better term. Fractionalized property is basically like, it's similar to a REIT, except you're actually investing in a, in a specific property. So, you know, it could be, um, it, it, it mainly focuses on residential. So it's more vacation property. It'd be, it could be, a well, it doesn't have to be a vacation property, but it could be anything from a property where you want to actually go there and stay two weeks a year, or it could be something that's just pure investment. It could be something you never even see. Um, and, and, but it has, you know, a high ROI um, or something like that. So essentially you, does, you go in, you buy it up. Yeah, go ahead. How does the ROI work with fractionalized property? Well, so essentially, that you know, just through um, data analytics, they basically can analyze the area, figure out what the actual, you know, return on investment would be for that particular property, just historical data. I mean, post-COVID, everything's just gone completely insane. And that's why you have companies like BlackRock and these, you know, huge investment, you know, $100 trillion of companies coming in and buying up, you know, single family homes, um, which, you know, is crazy to me because I mean, 10 years ago, they could care less. So essentially they can look at historical data, whether or not that matters or not, and essentially can say, okay, over the next 10 years on your one eighth of this property, one twentieth property, whatever it is, whatever the, whatever the, the um, creator of that, that sort of uh, process comes up with, they can essentially come up with sort of a historical sort of, um, return on investment of, of whatever that property is, including whatever rental income is can come out of that as well. So I put say $10,000 in a $100,000 property, over 10 years, the property value goes to, let's say, um, just to make the math simple, yeah, yeah, sure, 200,000. Sure. 200, and then yeah. the property is realizing, let's say mm, 20, okay, 20, 25,000 a year in rental income. Correct. Right. So then, but obviously, but let's say that's net after expenses, like right. taxes and stuff. So I get 
$25,000 a year as my share of the net rent. Right. Yeah. And then I get after expenses. After yeah, after expenses and then I get um and then I get uh at the end like after 10 years I decide to liquidate my state and the assessed value has doubled so I get for the $10,000 initial investment I get $20,000. Is that correct? Correct. It, it, for for all intents and purposes, correct. Um, but, I mean, that could work both ways, right? Because the value of the property could go down, you know, the neighborhood, somebody might build a, a you know, a, a garbage incinerator next door or something. Yeah, ex exactly. It, it, but from, you know, from, from, from my experience, um, it typically doesn't, I mean, it could, of course it could, but it typically doesn't because these properties are so like handpicked and, and the demand is so high and it's, there's so many you know, people that want to get involved in real estate, but they don't have, you know, 50 grand or whatever it is just to plunk down on a single property, nor do they want to do the maintenance or the, um, you know, the upkeep or the, you know, the tenant, the tenant sort of, you know, issues or whatever it may be. This is a good way for them to sort of just, you know, they may not over the course of, you know, five, 10 years, you know, clear 200 grand, but still, if they are smart, they can, you know, basically have, go in and, you know, over five or six different properties and still make a, a decent uh, return. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, I think it's a good way to sort of um, hedge against, um, you know, owning a single property and then, you know, something happens um, and then, you know, you're kind of out of luck. Right. So what, what happened? Why are you not still doing that? What, what changed? So I know COVID, I know COVID. But how so that as far as on the on the for the on the uh, tokenized on the tokenized yeah. real estate, yeah. yeah. So a couple things. So um, it's in hindsight. I, I kind of I, I ask myself that quite a bit sometimes. Um, in hindsight, it's kind of silly because I, I I and this is the honest God truth. I was really um, these were really early days for crypto, and um. I was really freaked out about, you know, getting in trouble, to be honest, because there really was, I mean, there still is barely any legislation around this stuff, but, but I mean, if you look anything at the crypto landscape now, I mean, all these companies, I mean, you know, SBF is, is a prime example, but that's, that's a whole different thing. Um, but, you know, all, most of these, these companies now that are, that are, have been sort of facilitators of crypto founders are all under some sort of federal investigation. I was worried about that back then. We had a really, I had a really, legal um uh, a friend of mine who's a lawyer and he had a sort of team around him that was helping us to make sure that we you know we're doing everything on the up and up but still it was like i was really concerned about getting in trouble essentially i didn't i didn't want any any you know any of the ftc stuff that i was seeing sort of happening low 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 key back then compared to now um but i was just sort of concerned about that at the time i had a you know a three-year-old two-year-old and I just didn't really want that sort of heat on, on me to be to be completely honest. So I mean, in hindsight, I think it's silly because just what 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 it what's actually happened in in the five years since then, you know, these kinds of dollars and just kind of ran away. Um, so you know, part part of me is like, man, I, if I only made a billion dollars and ran away, you know. Um, but I mean, I, I'm I'm kidding. Well, par partially kidding. No, um, so, 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 but how did you divest yourself from that from that company? Did you just wind the whole thing down, or what? You... Yeah, we just wound it down. I mean, essentially, we we were we had built part of the platform out. Um, we sort of had a beta. We had a beta product. Um, it worked, but it was nothing that was really ready to scale or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's just like some like, you know, like startups do, you know, some work, some don't. Um, I think 
we did as much due diligence as we possibly could. I think that we, the product that we had, I think was really good for the time that we were in. Um, but it was just one of those things where I was just hitting a wall and in this whole, the whole ICO thing just kind of came crashing down too, where we, we just, we had, we had raised some capital up front just through traditional methods um, to try to get us to, um, you know, to the sort of ICO phase to where we could do a, like a coin launch, but we just, it was becoming really difficult to do that. And so we actually never did the actual coin launch. Um, and so it just, it, it just wasn't going to work is the, is the, it come down, it came down to that. So what would you, if you were doing it again now, I mean, I still mm -hmm. think it sounds, still sounds like a good idea. I don't know how the competitive landscape has changed. Presumably it's changed quite a bit in that time. But if you were doing it again now, what would you do differently from 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 what you did then? In, in regards to that specific that, company, that specific, yeah, the fractionalized property. Um, I don't think it, it right now. Now this could change in two three years from now. But right now, if I was to start it again, I wouldn't have a a, a blockchain component to that because there's the, the companies that have the fractionalized side to them there's a, there's a number out there there's a number of them out there that are actually very successful um that have raised like you know that are valued like at hundreds of millions of dollars um and that are essentially that's that's their model and they have no they have no sort of blockchain component to them they're just like fractionalized they figured out the formula they you know they market that they market the hell out of themselves and um, you know they know what they're doing. They're very good. They're very professional. So I would I would just focus on, you know, traditional fractionalized real estate if that's a thing, um, and and just you know, be innovative in that space, but don't be overly innovative. Like I think that we sort of were. Yeah, I've so I've 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 done some. I've been ahead of the market before. And it's just yes. as bad as being behind the market, if not worse. Exactly. I mean, no what's the adage about, about the, yeah. if, you no know, one... the, the the West is paved with, you know, I forget what the what it is. I mean, yeah. if you're, it's always it's very hard to be a trailblazer, in other words. Yeah. And it can like you spend a lot of time spinning your wheels, explaining the concept over and over again to people. Ex exactly. You're making my point better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> OK, excellent. So so what led you to Skyville's? Sorry, Sky. Yeah. And what problem are you solving? Sure. Um, so Sky VLS was, you know, it was it was I was I've even after Block Stay, um, you know, I still was very much interested in the sort of crypto web three. They weren't really calling it web three back then, but you know, sort of evolved into web three. Just this sort of this side of 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 the sort of um tech tech space i mean that's really where i've you know um i've just been interested in this for for years at this point so um i and some other you know people that i consult with we were just kind of looking at you know what what are sort of some some other options we can kind of keep in this space i didn't really want to have another like tokenized business per se like where we had a token something like that i wanted to keep away from that um and so you know we were looking at you know could we do something in the metaverse? Was there a crossover with, you know, the real sort of physical world? You know, what were these different options that we could look at with my sort of background in physical real estate um, and in this sort of virtual space? So, and, and this was going back really to last year when, you know, 
the metaverse thing had really was getting like super hyped up and you know really frothy i mean to a point where it was kind of getting silly i think but i was never interested in that that wasn't really ever my thing um i really was looking at this from a more practical almost boring side where i wanted to really work with like commercial real estate developers um and and you know that had existing properties essentially come in look at their property, say, hey, you know, we can essentially digitize this property, and then you can own this property in, in a digital format, it can be on the blockchain, because I think that that will protect you if someone wants to come because they, you know, if you have this valuable property, um, that, you know, may not be as famous as like, let's say, you know, you know, one world trade, or, you know, the Empire State Building, but it's like, Cooper Union. I always use that as as a as a as an example. So, um, if you, if you've never lived in New York or been to New York, you know Cooper Union is a very famous building, sort of in Lower Manhattan. Um, if you see it, you kind of recognize it, but you wouldn't know what it is. So, in other words, if you if you own that building, maybe you want to create that as a digital uh, in a digital format, so that you can have that as a digital representation, and you can own that uh, essentially own that IP put it on the blockchain or have it on the blockchain saying, this is mine, I own it. And then if, when someone else comes and purchases that property, you can essentially transfer that digital owner to, ownership to them. Um, so in, in, this, in this, having it- Sorry, go ahead. is this uh, mm -hmm. like a non-fungible token, an NFT or is it not- Correct, so it, so, the, so it, it creates an NFT out of that property. So you you essentially, you, you, can, you can create, you will create an NFT of that property um, and, you know, you can basically interact with that property and you can own that property. And then you can, you know, if you want to get creative, you can sell off different pieces inside of that property in a, in a digital sense. Um, like, you know, I've, I've been discussing with people, like you could have a piece of that in Decentraland, something like that. You could hold events in it, um, things of that nature. Um, if you're a developer, let's say you have a building in Miami that you're putting up a condo, you could have a one of these units that you can showcase to an international buyer. Um, and then when they purchase that property, um, you can essentially attach that NFT to that physical property as, um, you know, as sort of a perk that they can then, you know, use for their purposes. And then they can essentially transfer that off when they sell the property, um, if, that, if that's, if that's something that they want to do. So it, it just, it adds value to the, to the property, even if they don't necessarily use it, um, for, for, you know, a fairly low amount of money so, to just create this digital representation. So explain to me how it adds value. You know, I know that if I paint my apartment, I'm adding value. How does building an NFT of my apartment add value to the physical property? Sure. So, um, like I said, in, in, in one way, if, if you are interested in doing, you know, some kind of virtual event, um, if that's your thing, then that would be one way. It's not for everyone, understood. Um, but from a practical standpoint, excuse me, if you're trying, let's say you're trying to, um, you're thinking about selling your, your apartment, okay, just as a, a personal owner, you're thinking about selling your apartment. And even before it goes on the market, okay, you have this really high quality you know, interactive model of your, of your space that you, that you own, it's yours. Um, you can, you know, you can, let's say you want to just get some feedback from, uh, people that, you know, say, Hey, I'm thinking of selling my space, take a look at this. They can interact with it. They can look at it, say, this looks great. Um, maybe you should, you know, improve this or something like that. It's just a feedback mechanism for, for your space, or you could essentially transfer that, 
you can make a copy of that to uh, to a to a real estate agent. Say, I'm thinking of selling my property. Um, and this, I mean, this is just one example. This could be one individual unit owner, but this could also be uh, an entire developer. But one, you know, for the one owner example, they could essentially, um, you know, uh, send this over to one of the an agent that they're working with. Right. Say, hey, this is what I'm thinking of, of selling. You know, give me some feedback. What do you think we can get? It's just much. It's much quicker. It's much faster um, than having the agent come to your house. You know, look around. You know, sniff around that sort of thing. Yeah, but I, so I understand that. Why does it have to be an NFT? What's the advantage of that as opposed to just a regular 3D model that you can walk through? Well, so our platform set up for to accept an NFT. Okay, that's just our that's how our platform works. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't. But the thing is, anyone can your if you mint that as an NFT, and it and someone then comes along and then does the exact same thing. You can say, look, I was the first, I'm, I essentially have ownership of this, right? I'm the one that, um, you know, I, you can, you have proof that you're the, the first owner of that, of that yeah. property essentially. Okay. But in, in New York and Miami and other places where large high rises or even low, high, low rises are built, um, you have a line and in that line, every apartment's pretty much identical. So once you've done the model for one, like say I live in 53, but the person from 63, 33 or 43 could use the same 3D model right, and show their apartment and the differences would be minimal, be minimal. Or, 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 or zero. I, I totally agree. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, and, and again, I don't, I don't think this would work for every single property. Um, oh. What I, what I would say is from, sort of a holistic a holistic view is that particular um would not that particular example probably wouldn't work but but from a developer standpoint it could work because instead of having one individual unit the developer could could essentially have an nft of the entire building and then showcase each individual each individual property excuse me each individual unit even though they are similar and then they could say okay this is you know unit 11r unit 11b i know they look similar but you could essentially own this one Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I know you're just getting started and you haven't really got um, users yet, but what's your pitch? And um, and then also what's your pitch to investors? Sure. So, um, so for the individual user, it's basically what I've been saying, you know, we can create, um, you know, a digital representation of your property, if that's something that you're interested in. Again, it's not for, it's it's still a pretty focused pro product. It's still a pretty focused, you know, unique product. It's not, this isn't, um, I, I never created this to sort of be this, like, I don't think this is going to be in, you know, every single home essentially, because it's just not, it's still a pretty niche thing. Um, but th with this, it's, there's a lot of different areas you can go into this. So especially with the sort of generative AI where we can essentially create um, buildings and, and, and units on the fly. Essentially, if we're, we're creating the model that essentially, if, if I say I want to create um, a, you know, Miami condo, you know, whatever, whatever the generative AI model that we, we plug in, we can essentially self-generate that building. And then we can essentially sell that off to different developers to say, um, hey, you know, this is something that we can we can get. And it's not this sort of, you know, wacky sort of, uh, you know, 
AI futuristic, you know, I mean, what, what I've seen and what I've, I've um, worked with, with a few people, I mean, the stuff that we can actually create is extremely high level, um, extremely, excuse me, extremely realistic. So essentially we can create these buildings um, that are immutable. In other words, this is my building and we can sell that off to them. Now they, they don't necessarily have to use it, but essentially, you know, they can take pieces of it and, and things of that nature. So um, we're using it sort of as a modeling sort of um, uh, example, or they can use it if they want to get involved in, you know, gaming, they can do that. Um, we can, they can use it as a sort of a gaming uh, apparatus, something to that level where, you know, different game, different, uh, need need uh assets and then we have sort of this these assets on demand that they can use we also have a rent a renting model so if you want to just use it for a short amount of time you can use it as a short amount of time um you know we're collecting a fee the the developers collecting most of that fee um so you know they they can there's a lot of flexibility um in in the in the space so okay so that's from the uh and what's what sort of money are you talking about for uh say renting uh a big space like uh, uh, you, uh, like what's what was the property downtown you talked about? Uh, oh, like like Cooper Union, Cooper Union right? In, in, yeah, go ahead. So if I wanted to rent out Cooper Union for five hours on a Friday night, then how would that look? And in, 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 you're saying in like Decentraland or something like that? Yeah. In, yeah, in, I mean it's not it's not going to be you know I I'd love to say it's going to be two million dollars. Um, you know it's probably it's probably you know. 100 200 300 bucks something like that i mean depends it really depends on how many users are going to be involved you know i mean if it's going to be something you know where there's just going to be like two p two two individual users probably not going to be that much but if if it's something like a virtual event that's hosted by a name brand um company like prada or something like that you know they're they're pretty involved in the space um you know it could be thousands of dollars who knows um it's it's just tough it's tough to gauge yeah how would how do you play? Do you plug and play with other platforms? It's can you can you uh, so so if I'm you know a Facebook user can I like and no because face those are all they call it, they're really web two web three just means you know it's more uh, let me let me back up so Facebook uh, you know their their metaverse you know Roblox you know their, their metaverse those are all like closed closed off systems you can't. You, you you could essentially develop in those in those in those spaces but um from like the web three sort of community most are just because meta is going to take you know 80 percent of your of your revenue essentially right. and you never know if they're going to pull the plug basically right so so what other platforms do you pl- play with so mainly Decentraland. I mean, I think that's the biggest one. Um, there's a couple other ones, Vlox, Vlox, um, and then what is the other one? Um, I mean, it's ma- it's mainly Decentraland. That's that's pretty much the 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 mainstay of of um, of yeah of of what we're sort of um, creating the assets in. Right, and then and then you were going to tell me just briefly, give me the investor pitch in you know a few minutes if you can. Yeah, yeah, sure. So. Um, so as far as what we're again, what we're mainly focused on is the real estate industry. So um, our pitch, we're mainly targeting you know investors in the real estate um, space, right? So our pitch to them is for you know 
this may not be the cleanest pitch, <laughs> but essentially, you know, they're very deep pocketed and they're losing, you know, a lot of money right now in, in the commercial real estate space, because, you know, just with the way that, um, the market has shifted, right? The world's, I mean, the world's turned on its head. The world is just completely yeah. changed, right? Yeah. I mean, these buildings are being sold, sold off pennies on the dollar. My pitch is this. For the cost of you guys putting curtains in a new, a new office, essentially, we can create a new way for you to interact with more customers. Now, I can't guarantee that you're it's going to fill up, you know, your your tower, but even if it brings you in a few more tenants because they saw this as a digital format and it, it just gives you more it gives you more options as far as trying to lease your buildings um and trying to get in it trying to interact with a new customer base. Uh, typically a younger customer base, people that are trying to um try to figure out maybe I don't want, you know, do I want to bring my office into this space? Do I want to bring my office into this space? And and this just gives you an advantage against developers or um, owners that aren't using this technology. Right. Okay. Perfect. Okay, great. So um, great. was there anything else? So, you know, um, my last question is generally, um, you know, if, if you were, if you were giving advice to someone who's just about to leave their job, they're just about to break free, and take their idea on the road, you know, and and make that their career, you know, the startup entrepreneur, the classic startup sure. entrepreneur. What yep. what advice would you give them? Stay at your job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, my 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 advice is, you know, have a absolutely have a plan. I mean, I know it's always you know very tempting to you know sort of break out and you know do your own thing, and I and, I, and it, it is it, it can be really rewarding. Um, but, you know, have a plan and, and really try to find people, you know, that you can work with that are that are going to bring your sort of ideas and, um, you know, especially in the tech space, you know, your your sort of vision in, in, in into reality, because the last thing that you want to do is, you know, write a check to to, a, you know, a, a development team that either doesn't know what they're doing or. Um, you know, isn't that interested in the project and all of a sudden, you know, calls aren't returned and, you know, Slack chats aren't returned and things of that nature. Um, you know, you got to really trust the people that you're working with and, um, you know, just have a plan, you know, find good people. And, um, you know, you just, it, it's, it's a long, it's a long process, but yeah, that, that's my advice. Okay. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining me on the Absolutely. Thanks so and, much for having me. Let's touch base again uh, soon. Yeah, sounds great. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.